Welcome to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. This is episode 48. What an exciting day for the Essendon Football Club. We are going to cover it through the whole program. We're going to have Ron Conley on very, very soon. We speak to him for about 20 minutes. He's going to give us the rundown on his thoughts with the huge news that Dylan Shield has selected the Essendon Football Club as his desired uh, football club to play with in 2019 onwards. Huge news for the Essendon Football Club. We have an exclusive. We have Grant out in the field. So we've actually put him out into the Carlson Football Club. He's out in the car park. Grant, do you have anything to report? Uh, hello? hello. Is it me? Is it me? Am I on? Hello? Y- yes, it's you. Oh, hi. Yeah, great. Yeah, Scotty, mate. I'm, uh, I'm out here at the, uh, at the Carlton Football Club here. Out in the um, out in the car park, I'm just waiting to ho- hoping to get an interview with with Sauce just on the to gauge his opinion of the of the news of, of not signing Dylan Shield. I think. Hang on a second. I think that's him coming now. Oh, he's coming now. Is yeah, he? Yeah, no, this is Sauce. Here's Sauce now. Let's see if I can get a word. Sauce. G'day, Sauce. Grant Hill from the Lunchtime Catch Up Podcast, um, mate. Um, I, I, congratulations on signing Will Setterfield, mate. But uh, I guess it's uh, it's not really what you were sort of after, and um, I'm, I'm sure you're you're pretty upset and losing a probably one of the best young midfielders in the comp who could probably go on and play 300-odd uh, games and win a Brownlow. Um, but um, how's everything, mate? Are you okay? Are you sure everything's okay? Oh, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Oh, um, oh, gee, Scotty. Uh, Sauce has just sort of... I think he started crying and walked off. Um, so... Probably have to head it back to you in the lunchtime catch-up studios. Not a problem. It sounds like a sounds like a lot's going on at the Carlton Football Club. Uh, it, it's just so sad to see where they've what they've become, and uh, we at the lunchtime podcast uh, are very uh, fearful of their future and 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 wish them well. <laughs> I can't say that without laughing. Ah, oh, but I'll keep going. Uh, look, we'll. Join. We'll get Grant to come back to the studios. We'll see you after the break to talk about Dylan Shield and get and get on the phone with Ron Conway. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. 
we have Grant now back from Carlton. Yes, thanks, mate. Um, a bit of a bit of an interesting uh, interview there with Sauce. He's, um, I think, he's probably stopped crying by now, but yeah. uh, <laughs> bad luck. Um, we we signed Dylan. I did say to you, um, it's the, the grand final. Even though we weren't playing in it, it is a it makes for a very happy grand toss if yeah. you get to absolutely make fun of Collingwood for losing <laughs> the grand final one week, and then make fun of Carlton the next week for losing one of the best young midfielders in the comp, despite flying him all around the place on a private jet. Oh, look, it's, uh, look, we'll get serious. It's just a fantastic day for the football club. I think one of the most significant days probably in the last decade. For our, on, on the good side <laughs> for our football club. Uh, we all knew that we were probably one quality midfielder short. And to get that in this year's trade period uh, with the talent he has, it's just a huge day. Uh I reckon the Essendon membership team is just quietly happy too because oh, it is really. I mean the the excitement over the preseason. I mean you're going to have hundreds and thousands turn up to training. Scotty and I will be February. at the yeah. majority of the preseasons training to see that man running around yeah. because he's. You're right, and and it's what Rowan Conley says in the interview that we got coming up is that. He is he's huge fan of Dylan Shields, yeah. but he could be the difference for our club. He really could. It's the flow-on effect that I think is is huge because we obviously, I mean, you could see in the, uh, in, the in the BNF in the Crichton Medal, Zach Merritt's first half of the year and not getting many votes because he was getting tagged out of games. Now, who are they going to tag? <laughs> this is the thing, right? Yeah. And this is the key. It it either releases merit if they want to tag Shield, but Shield is a player that's very hard to tag because he's such a power runner. Yep. Uh, a bit sort of funny enough, a bit scally like. Uh, so we our midfield depth and quality, especially when you're talking about the youngsters coming through with Parrish and McGrath and a few others, we have a fantastic. Uh, future to look forward to and it sounds funny because yeah i know all the the people are going to say we finished 11th and everything like that but the reality was if people who know essendon saw that last 14 rounds and which we won 10 of them and did notice a significant change in in how we've played football how we prepare for football the predictability of how we played every week, even even in the losses, uh, which were all tight losses. Uh, we came out to play. We came out professionally. Uh, we finished off teams that we should should have in the, with teams below us. So, look, just a fantastic day for the Essendon Football Club. Can't be more proud. What, we, uh, the, the statue for... Uh... For Adrian Dodoro has moved from bronze to gold now. <laughs> Seriously, man. Could be next to Michael Long. I was going to say, we've put Michael Long, an absolute club legend, out the front of, uh, of the Tullamarine uh, joint. But I swear the next statue should be to Adrian Dodoro. Oh, look, when you're looking at our short history of draft restrictions because of the saga and everything like that, and having to turn over pretty much 40 players in the space of six years, it is a huge turnaround that we are so strong in in i guess outward looking uh and it's just a credit to our the under 23s that are in our list uh when you look at the the ridley francis Cirque thatcher redmond mcgrath parish uh guelphie all these kids langford uh 
we have such good talent, which is under 23. And and our key positions, though, who are the more mature players, the 27, 28, Hooker, yep. Hurley, and, but Danaha's getting on to 24 kind of age with Stringer, Saad, Smith. The balance and age of the group, it is ripe um, for a real attack. I... I mean, I'm I'm a little bit over optimistic, Bobby. In my mind, I'm trying to calm myself oh, no, down yeah, so of I. what and, I think and, the potential of our side is. Especially after talking to Ron Connolly, man, he's he's hugely bullish about next year. Like he said, and we all sort of agreed with him when we signed those three big, um, the Triple S from last year. We yeah. all thought that this was just incredible, it was amazing, and okay, we finished eleventh, right? It's because of just the world's worst anomaly of a of a start of a season, right? But yeah. Rohan Rohan Connolly was saying that he's incredibly excited about next year because the way we finished off last year and with a fit Joey D and with uh, the addition of Shield, it just makes us one of the most yeah. competitive and deep midfields in the comp. So um, we're, we're just, we're going live at the moment, Scotty, on Facebook, uh, on oh, the yeah. Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast Facebook page. <laughs> um, Eddie Ballsing, Eddie. Um, mate, he's asked the question, any other players not yet named... Um, that the man Dodoro is working on, do you guys think? Look, the the reality is that I think, uh, and we'll discuss this, and, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what the AFL stance is. This. I have a funny feeling we are a little bit restricted on on uh, trading for a, f- a future first-round pick because of AFL rules, and uh, you'll hear that in the Rowan Connolly interview, and I'll... Sh- Hopefully, I've explained it well of what that means. So we are extremely limited to what we can do. Shield was the. I'm happy with Shield and just moving on personally. To be quite frank, so am I. Now, if if you wanted a rumor, then I heard from uh, a good journalistic source. Uh, well, I was about to say his name, but I won't actually. Uh, that he believed, and I would say this was a plan B. That there actually wasn't a, a reapproach for Scully for a first round pick. Uh, but I would obviously believe that was a plan B option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that obviously, I'm only just going by logic that that wouldn't go ahead. But uh, it's, uh, there's obviously Jack Martin's been talked about. Uh, realistically, I don't see any other big trades can no, be I, I, can be done of no. what we have to give up for no, Shield. No, no, absolutely. So, but I'm, like I said, I'm now happy to just draft some two or three young kids Go with Shield and just say, let's go. Like, yeah, I, I, big time. I've always believed heavily in our list. And I'd, and we said it in previous podcasts. I'd, I, I'm pretty sure I just said, I just want one big player. Let's go. Yeah. Like, settle the team. I want the team settled. And one player, come in. The incredible thing about what he's done is that he has. we haven't had to go for a rookie who's been injured, who hasn't played much, or a Tom Scully who's, I don't know, he's fallen out of favor or something. We got the best option we could have hoped for, right? Yeah. So we, you're right in that they could just go, done, thanks for coming. We've brought in four really big players over 24 months, which, we, again, we talked to Ron Connolly about. He had to go back in his mind to 86 yeah. before he could think of another club that's done the kind of trading that we've done for quality players, right? Yeah. So let's now just make a team out of them. Bring yep. in Dylan as fast as we can. Make it to continue on to make the team out of him, and um, and just move on and start winning games. Um, Alfie Sanchez, Alfie, great name by the way, mate. Um, he's gone in with a chance. Any chance we could get Hill? Who does he mean? Did you mean Stephen Hill from Frio? Stephen Hill from Frio. That's one out of left field. Hey Alfie, if you're still watching <laughs> on Facebook, mate, chuck another uh, <laughs> chuck another post on there. Hill who? 
Is it uh, Hill from Friday? Brad Hill, Stephen Hill. Brad, Stephen, who are we talking? Look, I, honestly, I believe... I just don't think we'll be getting any... I, I no, think, I, yeah, absolutely. I think we, I think we'll get him and just move yeah. on. I think we'll just move on. Uh, we'll have a look at guys like Mason Fletcher, Dustin's son, Neagle's son. That's it. Um, uh, so there's just players now that we'll con- consider, you know, around the edges, rookie selections. Yep. But look, I do believe that this will take up quite a lot of our draft picks. So the reality is, and money. Uh, the reality is that that's it. Yep. Now I'm always happy to be surprised. I mean. Tyson's the only one of interest for Melbourne. Dom Tyson, yeah. He was a clearance player. She'll answers a lot of those issues, so it's yeah. unlikely. If we can pinch him for a second round, then awesome. But <coughs> but I really can't see us being active, and we'll just try and work out um, an actual trade, and that will be our focus, and pick up Shield and promote him on the club and say... Let, let's go. <laughs> Mate, we've got a great comment from Blake Wall on Facebook uh, on live. How many flags in a row are we going to win, gents? Uh, seven. Seven, Blake. That's how many we're going to win in a row. It's going to be the greatest dynasty in Essendon history. Scott does not endorse this. Listen, it's going to be seven premierships. And if we can get Ariel at the other... No, thing, no. The only, I know where you're going. I know where you're going. The only thing that Dodora has to do uh, no, right now no, is to use no. one of those second round draft picks to draft Ariel Steinberg. If we get Ariel Steinberg back to this club... It's seven premierships in a row, Blake. Um, it's absolutely... We couldn't get him back at the cafe. Listen, this is a misunderstood <laughs> genius. And I, I know Adrian's still working hard to get him back to the club. So look, we won't, we won't keep you too long. We'll go to a break and we'll go straight into Ron Conley and get yep. him on the phone. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Mr. Rowan Connolly, thanks very much for coming on, mate. Uh, pleasure. You you promised me you'd get me on on a decent day for the club, so uh, third time lucky, I think. Yes, indeed, third time lucky. We, uh, we're coming on in a day when the Bombers have, uh, or more, more succinctly, uh, Mr. Adrian the Legend Dodoro has done it again. <laughs> uh, he's brought another S to the club in Dylan Shield. Yeah, good to see, isn't it? It used to be uh, H's. You used to have, have to have a name staying with H to get a game. Now it's S. Yeah, but they're good quality S's, so pretty <laughs> pretty happy with that. And uh, it's interesting, isn't it, that after years of having a reputation and not being able to do a trade, um, there's been some pretty high-profile ones. I mean, like, obviously, this has still got to go through, but... You know, there's not many of those ones with big names mentioned that fall over. Really, I mean, once once it sort of gets this far, you think um, they've they've got a something pretty fair for both parties in mind. So, yeah. uh, great uh, great to see. What is interesting, Rowan, and I was only just thinking about this this afternoon. I was thinking of what the trade may look like. I don't mm. know what your thoughts if you've looked of if anyone's mentioned this, but there is that rule where you can't. Um, well, you have to actually um, draft two first rounders in the in the period of four years, and yeah. and if you don't, you cannot trade a future round pick. So we may be that future first round pick may not be in play because of last year's using first round pick, and we obviously have to use pick nine this year. So to then yeah. say a third year, we we may actually have to have like a a first and second round kind of view to hopefully get that over the line. 
Um, that's a good point. Look, I, I struggle to keep up with all the, the rules <laughs> on future picks and everything, to be totally honest. But um, if they – couldn't they – If is it a four-year period, you said? Yeah, they say it's a four-year period. So I was trying to work out what the technical view of the AFL is because of last year. And if you're saying you've, you're, you're going to possibly trade a, a first round this year, pick nine, and a future first round, then that's, that's three-year scope of not actually drafting a young talent which I believe is sort of goes against the rule. So I was only looking at this just before the podcast, to be honest. Uh, mm. And I kind of feel like that's that's how the situation is. But it doesn't mean, obviously, there's obviously ways of getting around that. Um, but isn't that, wouldn't that be a three-year period you're talking about then if they used uh, first first round pick this year and next year, take out last year, that's three years. You're talking about a four-year period. So wouldn't that weave... 2020 yeah. first round pick. It's only, and this is what I'm trying to still work out. It's only suggesting that in that four year period, you have to at least um, draft a young player twice in that four year period. So, mm. so for two of the two out of the four drafts, you have to recruit an actual young. Oh, two player. out of four, yeah, okay. Oh, look, I'm sure it's something they can get around. You know, they just invite Gil over to dinner, or you know, <laughs> yeah. like I mean, I think the AFL has shown enough times in the last few years it's prepared to uh, be flexible on on these things. Yeah, um, and look, flexible on GWS have historically like points. So I pick nine, and we've got like thirty-one at the moment, and then something else on top. Obviously, we get pretty close as well. So, yeah. Well, the other the other point about this is I, I don't see GWS sort of jumping up and down about it. Um, I guess in a way they've sort of got used to letting quality players go. Um, yeah. And they they might they're at an interesting point themselves really they've just got a little bit further away from the flag each of the last three years and yeah you know maybe, maybe they're thinking that um it, it's time to sort of not not rebuild but you know re reload at the top end and it's interesting shield of all their players uh he's got what 135 games under his belt he is the most experienced in terms of games played of all those yep. foundation players. Of all the Giants players who have only played footy for one AFL club, he is their most experienced. So, yep. um, you know, maybe maybe the AFL would be uh, more reticent about ticking it off if, you know, neither party was happy about it. But I, I could be wrong, but I, I'm not yep. getting the impression that the Giants are... Uh, you know, I, I, I'm sure they'd rather have him than not have him, but yeah. I don't see them sort of jumping up and down and saying there's no way this is going to happen. Well, as soon as they gave him permission to look around, you could it would sort of set the landscape anyway. <clears throat> um, can I ask then, if assuming Essendon pick him up, what does that do to 2019 with the shaping of the midfield? Especially when you're talking about uh, a Zach Merritt who is obviously heavily tagged how that has a flow-on effect? Oh, I think it's massive. I mean, I, I've said, I reckon the last three or four trade periods I've tweeted the same thing and basically one word, midfielders, midfielders, yeah. midfielders, yeah. midfielders. And I wrote down before, you know, what would be the midfield contingent. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this have done the same. And I rattle them off. Smith, Heppel, Merritt, Shield, Zaharakis, Parrish, Langford, Myers, they're your first choice. And then pinch hitting McGrath, Stringer, Fantasia, 
I mean, that is a seriously, seriously deep and talented midfield. And I would suggest probably the deepest and best midfield I could remember Essendon having. And that includes the 2000 Premiership side. And, and obviously it's changed. I think you need you need more midfielders than ever before. But, yeah. you know, look, that would be right up there with the best handful of midfields in the competition, I'd suggest. Uh, it was actually interesting, and, I, and this just left bit a bit left field. I noticed Duduro yesterday actually mentioned, which sort of surprised me, that he actually sees Jordan Ridley as a midfielder coming through mm. uh, as a tall midfielder. I mean, he's a very, very balanced kind of classy player, but it, it does show you how much talent Essendon has at, at, a, at a good age. Yeah, well, they've, they've done this before. I mean, one of my gripes, to be honest, was I reckon there's a period there where they seem to recruit a lot of uh, flanker types who may turn into midfielders. And yeah, yeah. One thing, one thing I particularly like about this is the fact that it's a bona fide A-grade midfielder. Yeah. And even yeah. even Devin Smith, you know, like I, I was, a, don't get me wrong, I was a huge rap for him, the idea of drafting him. But it, even with him, it was a guy who hadn't really played a lot of midfield but wanted to, you know, this is mm. this is different again. This is a guy and, you know, I mean, I'm, I might be preempting your next question, but I really, really rate this guy. And people can say, oh, he didn't have as good a year this year. Well, he still finished sixth in their best and fairest. Yeah. Um, and what I, there are two things I really like about this guy. One is his consistency of ball winning. Now, I've done a little bit of homework here. His last three seasons, he's played a total of 71 games. In only three of those games has he collected fewer than 20 possessions. And one of them was uh, the preliminary final against Richmond in which he got injured. So effectively, two games out of 70, he's had fewer than 20 touches. Now, that is remarkable consistency. That's incredible. The other thing about him, and I think this is a big one too, is his centre bounce uh, winning ability. Now, he last year he ranked behind only Dusty Martin and Paddy Dangerfield in terms of first possession at centre bounces out of all the midfielders in the competition. So he is is very good on the inside, that first touch thing. Yeah. I think I think he's a, a really good runner and good on the outside. Um, you know, to me, he really is the complete midfielder. And I, every time I've seen him play, I think uh, apart from the fact he looks like Ben Affleck, I won't let that one go. <laughs> so if Essendon ever do a remake of Pearl Harbor, I reckon he'll be playing the <laughs> oh, league. Got to be. Yeah. But, you should um, do that for uh, Mad Monday. Chuck the well, uniform I, I, for Mad Monday. I was suggesting earlier today they now need to pick up someone who looks like Matt Damon and pair them up. But um, to me, he is a complete midfielder. And if I do sound a bit excited about it, I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm, oh, right, I'm, probably, I'm, I'm more excited about this uh, potential pickup than probably any recruit Essence's picked up for a long time. And I was I was thinking along the, very much along the same lines today that when when we got when Dodoro announced uh, Sarge Stringer and Smith, I, I just went, "Oh wow!" I, I don't think I've heard of, and, and in your experience too, can you remember a period of either twelve months or twenty four months where a club has picked up such A grade talent? I mean, uh, Sardi's probably not super A grade talent, and Smith probably did, but such incredible talent like four players like that over two years that are going to come in and give instant impact to their clubs. 
I can't remember. Uh, I can remember one or two being picked up, but <laughs> but not three in one draft, and then another big guy like Shield. No, the the the, the first thing that sprung to mind, um, and it, it was pre-draft. That's how long ago it is. You'd probably have to go back to Carlton when they picked up uh, Bradley, Kernahan, Motley, and Doritich in the one sweep, yeah, and that is some half the players. start start of nineteen eighty six. But no, really, yeah. I, I, it's really hard to think of um, that amount of established quality coming in onto a listing too seasons in the draft period so it's a it's a massive thing yeah so, and, we're, and and pretty much since 2012 i'm pretty sure i heard a stat that said that we've really had to change over about 40 out of 45 players on our list mm. uh which is an incredible rebuild and and to do it with such you know <laughs> with such turmoil going on <laughs> amongst yeah. that and having two years of of no first and second round kind of fix and it is quite an amazing achievement. Now, the cynical part, and it has, every Essendon fan is probably screaming down the microphone saying, but we still haven't won a final. And that's that's now, we're almost in no excuse land anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is now, okay, we've got to start winning finals. I, f- I and- think Joey D will come back in and yeah, we need to start winning finals. Oh, there's no doubt about that, but there's also no doubt. I mean, I'm not sure how other supporters feel about it, but I've I've never, with my Essendon supporting hat on here, I've never, I can't remember another year when my side has failed to make finals and I've ended the year as optimistic as I did this season because really it was just a totally different side after round eight. I mean, it it really was. and yeah. If you use that as your demarcation line, you know, they won 10 of their last 14 games and three of the four losses were to Hawthorne, Richmond and Collingwood, none of them by over 16 points. So yeah. really yeah. one one blowout in 14 games. Um, they proved they can beat or match those best sides in the competition. Uh, it was a far more resilient uh, uh, psychologically grouped than finished last year. Um, yeah. uh, a better game style. Um, you know, you look at all the key sort of performance indicators statistically, they ticked all the boxes. And that's why even today, you know, I, uh, well, I, do, I get crotchety on Twitter at the best of times, but <laughs> more so today when a, when a few people said, ah, you know, they went backwards this year. Well, anyone who, knows the, anyone who knows the first thing about footy would only have to look at the side that played the last game of 2017 and the side that played the last game this year and realise that this version is streets ahead of that version. So, you know, they're incredibly yeah. well set up looking ahead to next season. And to answer that question, no, there are no excuses this time. Yeah, and, and even Devin Smith, even talking to yourself on uh, after the uh, the BNF, I mean, yeah. you, you could hear in his voice, because he, he basically said his only regret really is that the season ended. Like, they, yeah. they, they were... And it was, it's the first time I've heard that Essendon always kind of traditionally ended seasons almost exhausted. Yeah. Uh, but this time it was like, damn it, the season ended. And because and, we're, we're on a roll here. Yeah, no doubt about that. And I think, uh, pretty sure it was Dyson Heppel too. He, um, in the interview I did with him, said something interesting too, which was for the first time, in his career, he sat there watching the grand final and thinking, 
we can definitely match those two sides playing off oh, for the I premiership. Love quote. Yeah. I love that yeah. quote from Dyson. That wasn't just, yeah, nah, we could have beaten all those blokes. It was it was kind of introspective going, oh, geez, we we could have matched it with those guys. We, yeah. we stuffed yeah. up the first half of the season, but yeah. if we were honest with ourselves, we could have matched it with them. That's, that's so encouraging from a supporter's which, point of view. Which is why, in a perverse way, and I might have said this to you last time, in, perversely, I sort of feel like, in retrospect, those first eight rounds were a good thing in a way because yeah. I think had they... Had they eked out another couple of wins, there might not have been that level of introspection that there was, yeah, no, and a few a, a few few cracks might have been band-aided over. And as it was, I think it, that served to really iron out all the chinks in the armor. And I think too, and I think you know the guys sort of answered this one as well. I think sometimes we underestimate the amount of. Uh, getting to know you that goes on yeah, when, when you've yeah. got a group of new guys coming together. And, and they were three players who were going to play fairly pivotal roles. And I think um, yeah, once exactly. that happened, plus a few other sort of things that were attended to, it made all the difference. So like I said, the side, the Essendon of the last two thirds of a season was just a completely different entity to the, the one of the first eight games. Can I ask, just going back to, to Shiel, do you know much about him, his character? Like, uh, do you have have you ever looked at him, the person? Like, what what Essendon's getting? Yeah, look, he's he's a really interesting one. I've got to say, I mean, you know, like it's that time of year, isn't it? Every, everyone's great and everyone's a winner and whatever. But <laughs> um, he he is he really is an impressive young guy. I mean, he's twenty five now, so he's pretty experienced. But yeah. Um, look, just, you know, a few sort of landmarks along the way. He was one of those pre listed GWS players. So he was listed by them before the clubs uh before the club has even sort of officially announced. He he was signed on when they were still called Team GWS and didn't have colours or okay. or anything. No, so okay. he 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 went up to Sydney at the end of 2010, when he just finished year 12 at Caulfield Grammar and he was still 17 years old. Um, so he he and Jeremy Cameron, I think, were the only uh, are the only survivors of that group. So he predates even their first crop of draftees. And I, I did um, I had to listen to a long interview he did on their website um, earlier this season and. It was very interesting. He, um, in a way, he sort of had the the silver spoon upbringing in football terms. You know, he was he was a star player at uh, under twelve level. You know, he played for Victoria as an under twelve and was a star of the team, and yes. even playing playing alongside at least another dozen guys who went on to play league footy. Um, so you know, he's always been fated and all that stuff. But then. I think people perhaps don't realise just how tough some of those early Giants guys had it. And he, he told a couple of great stories about um, how the club was based out at the Rooty Hill RSL in its <laughs> early days. And they they would be doing their training exercises and stuff up on the first floor of the Rooty Hill RSL. And come 11am every day, um, everything stopped for the uh, playing of the national anthem. And they would have to stop whatever they were doing, be it the middle of a, 
a set of bicep curls or whatever and stand there to attention while they played the national anthem. And he he also, uh, being 17, had to get uh, special permission to even enter the premises. <laughs> oh, um, my you know, and that, they were playing on a uh, – they were doing their training on a – what was it? I think a baseball ground. So, you know, they'd be going up for hangers and landing on the pitcher's mound. And, and then don't forget that in, in their first two seasons of senior footy, they won a total of three games. So, yes, a lot of those GWS guys were, you know, sort of distinguished junior players, but they had a pretty rough introduction yeah. to AFL footy. And I think, um, and he was making this point, that it sort of toughens you up and living in a foreign city and, and getting your licence and sort of living away from home for the first time. And he's now done that for, you know, he's been in that system for eight years as well. The other interesting point about him is um, going out with Mark Williams's daughter. And uh, that was going on whilst That's Mark true. Williams yeah. was still at GWS. And, um, okay. you know, he, he talked about how good a mentor Choco has been for him in, in a football sense. So, um, you know, he's, he's had a great uh, grounding in AFL footy. And I think what the consistency that I referred to before I think that's partly a result of it. So, you know, he's just he ticks every box for me as a as an A grade recruit. And I, I think I mean just to, we know we've uh, we've got to wrap it up with you, um, and we'll, we'll get onto that. But I guess I think just a, a final comment from us and from you is that I, from our point of view, I think Essendon to go after the best available option or the best option for Essendon in this in this draft was Dylan Shield. I think he yeah. absolutely ticks all of the boxes that we need. Is that inside mid, he's good. He's got the great left boot. You can rest him in a forward line. You can do everything. So, I mean, I'm, I'm giving Adrian Dodoro again, seriously, a 10 out of 10 to get this done. <laughs> I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll figure out something to get it done, but I'm giving the man a 10 out of 10. So, I mean, do you think Essendon need to do anything else in this draft or bang, shut up shop, we've got Dylan Shield? Uh, I'd be pretty happy if, if that were all. And in terms of the 10 out of 10, I mean, you know, there's a lot of talk about Jack Martin and mm. no disrespect to him. And yes, he would have been very exciting and there's a lot of untapped potential, but there's still ifs about Jack yeah. Martin. Yeah, yeah, there, still there, are, ap- yeah. there are absolutely no ifs about Dylan Shield. So, uh, really, you know, yeah. if, you gave, if you gave me a choice between Martin and Shield, I'd take Shield every single time. Yeah, yeah. and look at... For me, just on Shield, it says a lot about a a guy on what he wants out of life to really, realistically, for a five, six-year deal, knock back about two million bucks extra. Yeah, Uh, yeah. yeah. That's what, realistically, if if the numbers are true that that's being touted, then that's a big call. And and they're they're talking Essendon kind of were, were the lowest out of the four as far as a proposal, and he just wanted to... Uh, get to the best list possible and and best uh, best chance of winning a grand final, and that that I think will have Essendon players really embrace him and fans. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and it also sort of reassures you in a general sense that you know even at this sort of level, it's you know it's 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 about far more than just money and that that yeah. chance of sort of the ultimate team success. You know, ultimately, is what I think drives you know ninety five percent of guys that play AFL footy. Yeah. I think I think the AFL will love that as well. Is that he didn't just go for the big dollars? There's still a bit of a love of the game there for these younger players to to take that much less money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Look, 
can't appreciate it enough, Rowan. Uh, I know you've got a lot of writing to do. Absolutely. It's a busy sports day, but you 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 gave us, volunteered a little bit of your time for us. And look, I, I know our listeners are extremely thankful. Uh, Where can they find you, Rowan? Um, oh, footyology.com.au. We're doing a daily trade update. Um, I'm still writing some stuff for uh, Essendon, so... Yep. Very, yeah, I'm about to whip up a piece on Chill, and uh, I think that'll be on the Essendon website tomorrow. And, Beautiful. Uh, I'll be sparring with various people on Twitter in the meantime. Oh, look, if I can. <laughs> Good luck with the Opera House plug, debates. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's been interesting. <laughs> I could quickly plug uh, the Rock and Roll podcast if you like. Oh, yeah, go for yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. And sports. Uh, Kevin Hillier, myself, and Brian Mannix from Uncanny X Men. So we've recorded <laughs> another one today, and, and that'll be up there. And. Uh, yeah, look, it's just great to come on and talk about good stuff and not uh, where the hell's it all going right for. Absolutely. We will uh, we'll look to get you on it again uh, in the not-too-distant future. Um, <laughs> no we really worries. appreciate your time again. Thanks very much for joining us, Ron. Yeah, pleasure, guys. Anytime. Thank you. Incredible interview there with Rowan, uh, Rowan Connolly. How could you not be excited about the Bombers uh, next year when a bloke that's got that much experience is, uh, you can hear it in his voice, he is excited for next year. Yeah, I mean, he, one thing, and he, and he nailed he nailed one point uh, really well, and it's just something that we've been talking about, is we're actually drafted a guy who knows the midfield craft. Like, a, we haven't made a flanker, like he talks about, we haven't made a halfback into a mid, That's we it. haven't made a centre forward into a mid. Yep. We've recruited a guy who only knows the craft of being a midfielder. Yep. Getting the ball out of the middle, running 10 metres <coughs> clear and and burning off the opposition. Yep. And that's a just... <laughs> for old, for us old Essendon fans, it's it's such a refreshing <laughs> thing I, I, because it, it just makes our midfield so much better because, like, Devin Smith, I think, is a natural midfielder because he was in the TAC. I know he played forward. Yep. Zach Miro is definitely a natural midfielder, and Heppel is, and Saharakis is, and a few of the other guys. I think Parrish is a natural. We're getting guys who just know that craft and have only been brought up on and that craft, and they are, that will that will be a huge effect on the they club. They are very rare, and again, I, I always listen to JB um, when he makes these kind of comments. Is that genuine players from the positions, genuine players that have played positions all their life, are rare as rocking horse poo to get. Yeah. A really genuine, since under twelves representing Victoria midfielder who who knows the craft backwards. It's just more people that um, Langford can learn off. It's yep. someone else that um, Darcy Parish can learn off. And at a hundred and some odd games, he's in his prime. So yep. he he, I reckon he walks in game one, and like again, like Rowan said in the interview, he's only two games in his last seventy or something like that. Not got less than twenty possessions. Twenty possessions, right? So I reckon in game one, yeah. he walks in and is 20 possessions and a goal um, yeah. midfielder. Yeah, it, it's just, yeah. It, I can't tell you how excited I am. <laughs> Adrian, mate, if, oh, you're, listening, if yeah. you're listening to the yeah. podcast, Adrian Dodoro, mate, thank you. I swear. It was funny because, I mean, as a fan, when they started saying that announcement might likely, might likely be today, I think... Everyone had a gut feeling we're just going to miss out. That's what yeah. I thought too. And, and like there was, you, you sensed we were really close though. Like uh, one thing I liked about Essendon's approach more than any others is you, you talked about Carlton's kind of private jet. Yep. All that approach. And that's Carlton. 
and they do things grandiose and and St. Kilda wheeled out Nick Rewald and his his eight million dollars over six years. Yep. Hawthorne sold Clarkson and the historical part, which is probably fair enough for them. We went relational. We went we want you to meet our players and our players will talk about the vision that we have. And that that sort of now infamous <laughs> Elwood Cafe yep. uh, visit, and there was there was other comments about him catching up separately with with Heppel, and and just to get to know the players, it was uh, it's just yeah, it's just we did things the right way. Like I, I feel like we did things smart, and and he came away thinking I actually just want to play for those guys because he has given up 2 million bucks to easily over his career over his over the next 5 6 years we are the we were last on what on finances proposed yep. and one speaks very highly of the club its future but also its character of its players that spoke to him yep so look, congratulations uh, boys too yeah Big congratulations to everyone at the club. Uh, there's obviously a lot of hard work when it comes to these kind of big, big deals. Yep. Uh, it just makes for a very exciting off season. Uh, and Another exciting off season, which yeah. I love. It's just yeah. making me go. Like I was watching the Aussies play cricket today, and it just makes me go. I just I get out. I don't want to talk cricket. I want to get. The boys back on the park. I want to get out to Tullamarine and watch Dylan Shield running around. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Oh man, I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, so look, we'll wrap it up there. We'll yeah, quickly absolutely. put it. We'll put it on the. Um, we'll, we'll quickly put it on iTunes and SoundCloud. Yep. Hey, as you know, our SoundCloud channel, our iTunes channel, you can subscribe. Um, we've had a massive amount of. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Yeah, but... guys, thanks very much for everybody that's um, joined the Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast um, and uh, listened to some of our older episodes. We've had some incredible bump up on our, yeah. on our numbers of people watching. <laughs> so um, a big, a big, uh, a big uh, welcome to our two new listeners in Kazakhstan. <laughs> we checked the SoundCloud records and we've got two new listeners in Kazakhstan. So thank you very much to those guys. Yeah, so we're, um, we've got some great guests sort of lined up. We'll, we'll tell you a little bit more in the future. But uh, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, you can catch us on Twitter at lunch... Uh, Twitter catch at up? Lunch Catch-Up. Yeah, we could yep. get the lunch time, so it's Lunch Catch-Up. And Facebook. Facebook, the Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast, Facebook page. Um, come and join as a member there. Um, we talk everything uh, Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast. You can catch up on um, on old episodes and links to old episodes there. Um, and, yeah, you can also find Scotty under his uh, uh, True to the Red Sash um, Facebook page. Um, but yeah, we, we absolutely really appreciate everybody listening and we'll be getting back to, uh, some more, uh, regular podcasts as you know, what's really strange, everybody. We're sitting in Scotty's front room right now doing the podcast and my cat is going bizarre. Scotty's cat is going ballistic on the other side of the room. We are the most professional podcast that ever there was, but the cat is a big shield fan. The cat is a massive shield fan and wants in on this podcast. Um, guys, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we will be uh, we'll be getting some notification on when the next podcast will come out pretty soon. Yeah. Um, if we get someone like Jack Martin or something, we'll be just bouncing off the walls. <laughs> <laughs> but um, a massive, again, a massive thank you to everybody that listens. Um, and we will catch you next week. Catch you guys.